Hello, everyone, and welcome back to TCRG to CEO Radio. This is episode number four, and I am your host, Courtney J. TCRG. Last week, we talked all about the TCRG exam, what the process looks like, and how you can start planning for that step in your career. Today, we're going to look at all of the business side of running a school, what I like to refer to as the CEO side. Now, part of the purpose of this podcast is to help teachers become business owners and business owners to become CEOs. I don't want you to just throw spaghetti at the wall and feel like you're lost as a business owner. I want you to feel like a badass CEO that knows what they're doing and can do so confidently. So make sure that you are requesting to join our private Facebook group for listeners of this show. You can find it at facebook.com slash groups slash TCRG to CEO. All you have to do is request to join, fill out the very short little questionnaire, and you'll be in. All we do there is we connect, we talk, you can ask questions directly to me, and it's awesome. So get involved. The other thing you can do is if you hang out on Instagram, you can follow me at Courtney J underscore TCRG. And I hang out there on a daily basis posting stories related to teaching and business. I also post a daily feed photo with something I think my viewers would enjoy. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. One of the things that I see over and over again within the Irish dance industry is teachers that become accidental CEOs, as I'd like to call them. They have gone through their whole life enjoying Irish dance, enjoying teaching. They decide they want to open their own school, and then they realize just how many business tasks they're going to have, and they're not really sure how to deal with them. Maybe you don't have a background in business. Maybe you know a little bit or you're getting advice from different people. But a lot of people don't realize just how much there is to learn until they're already in it. I've had an interest in business for quite some time. I remember even being a little kid and going door to door around my neighborhood selling handmade cards. That was my first little entrepreneurship journey and it's something that I've always been interested in. I took business classes in high school and then again in college and really just dove deep into entrepreneurship when my school opened and I knew I had a lot to learn but I was willing to learn it. So what I've done is I've taken my day-to-day task list and I've divided it into nine different categories that I'm calling our CEO tasks. I'm hoping that by going through each of the categories with you today, you'll get a little bit of a sense of what it's going to take to be the director or owner of a Irish dance school or a business in general. Remember that we often associate the term CEO with large corporations or companies, but at the end of the day, if you own your own business, you are the CEO of that business. The buck stops with you and of course you can hire support, But at the end of the day, all of these categories come back to you. As I go through all of these categories, remember that this is not a definitive list. This is something that comes up for me on a weekly basis or on a monthly basis, some sort of regular reoccurring task. And I want to give you just a little bit of an overview of each of these. So let's start with our first category, which is going to be finance. So with the finance list, remember that Finance makes the business work. If you're not making money, you're really not 
a viable business. So the finance section is really, really important. So some of the finance tasks that I find myself doing on a regular basis are preparing profit and loss statements, controlling spending, creating and managing a budget, analyzing each revenue stream, analyzing revenue stream profitability, doing billing, which includes invoicing, posting tuition, running a direct debit system, tax preparation, managing sales funnels, and driving sales. I, as the CEO, do take on most of these finance-related tasks. I do have a support staff in my office, and she does. she's taken over a lot of the actual sale closing, but at the end of the day, I still manage all of the sales funnels, check where everybody is along those funnels, have her follow up accordingly, and essentially make sure that the sale does close If you're thinking of starting a business or a school, one thing that you can do before you start is to improve your financial literacy. Know what gross profit is. Know what your net income is. Do some projections and planning so that you know kind of what to expect with your finances in your first year or your third year or your fifth year. It's often difficult to make those projections, but it's really worthwhile to do. You can also estimate your expenses as this will really help you create a realistic business plan to move forward with. Some resources you might use are a financial planner or an accountant. And if you are struggling with the financial literacy side of things, those would be really worthy investments to make early on. As I mentioned in the last section, I do have a couple of staff members. One of them is an office support staff, and I also have an assistant teacher who does cover the low-level classes that don't compete yet. So my next category is staff. And as the CEO, you are the team leader, the team manager, and how you manage your staff can really make or break how your staff are able to work with you and benefit your business. Managing staff could look like organizing subs if someone can't be in that day. It can be delegating tasks and creating task lists. You can be checking on delegated tasks, what the status of them are. It might be preparing contracts for your staff members paying your employees, creating professional development opportunities, creating meetings. I hold meetings on a regular basis where I will create an agenda of topics that we need to discuss as a team. And this is something that really helps us keep on the same page. One of my big fears when I started welcoming the idea of hiring team members was my fear that No one is going to love your business as much as you will, but how you lead from the front and how you manage your team can help the team really work for you and your business and make sure that everyone's on the same page going through every single day. Also under this category, from time to time, you have conflict management. Not everyone gets along all the time. Not everyone is always meeting your expectations. And a huge part of being a CEO and leading from the front is managing what your expectations are and whether or not your team members are delivering on that expectation. 
The last thing I would encourage studio owners to do under this category is to make sure that their outlined responsibilities and expectations for their staff members are documented and really clearly explained. A lot of times it seems that studio owners take on teachers on almost like a goodwill basis or there aren't really clear terms and conditions on their employment. I think some teachers don't even consider it employment and you can never be too formal or too careful about how you document everything, especially when it comes to employees. The third category, and these are in no particular order by the way, is marketing. And marketing is something that teachers or studio owners do expect that they will need to do and manage. And I'd like to just break it down a little bit further for everyone. So some of the tasks under the marketing category are creating your brand Bible. Now, I will say it a million times that your brand goes far beyond your name and your logo. And you will use this over and over again. It's an asset that you just cannot afford not to have. Under marketing, I also create ad sets. That's the image, the copy, the strategy of every campaign. Executing a marketing plan. So looking at the big picture, the calendar as a whole, what your campaigns are going to be, when they are, what they include, what your offers are, and everything to do with the marketing strategy. I also create social media content and post it. I try to upload, especially to our Facebook page, on a daily basis. I also write and post blog posts on our studio site. It helps with your search engine optimization and getting people to discover you. I also run and manage internal promotions. I manage our email list and the content creation for that. And that's only just some of the marketing list. As I said, all of these categories don't think they're entirely comprehensive. This podcast could not possibly cover every single thing that a studio owner would do on a yearly basis. The fourth category that I want to talk through is customer service. And while the list in and of itself is short, this is one area that is very time consuming, especially if you are providing great customer service to the families that are in your studio. So this includes email and phone support. I typically spend about an hour every morning just going through my email inbox and responding to inquiries, responding to parent questions. I even get dancers that email me with different things, making sure I give time to respond to them. I will get phone calls. Obviously you can't predict or plan those when someone picks up the phone to make an inquiry or you have someone that calls and is an existing customer with a question. That's something that takes up a lot of time. The other service task that I spend a lot of time with is making progress reports of some kind. To me, communication with our families is really important. It's something that I put time into because I feel that it gets a good result. And this is something that we do certain times a year and it's a very labor intensive process, but well worth it. And finally, your communication with your families, whatever that looks like. I actually have an episode coming out next week that's all about communication because there's just so much to talk about in that category. You can also add to the customer service category, just general troubleshooting. 
from time to time you'll get a angry customer, a confused customer, something that goes completely wrong somewhere, whether it's on the tech side or just a, a big mess that it wasn't avoidable or it wasn't preventable. Troubleshooting is something that just comes up and it's one of the things that you just have to learn to deal with. So for our next category, if you're like me, you don't just run the studio, you got into it because you love to teach. So the next category is your recreational classes. Now for you, maybe your whole studio is recreational, or maybe just your beginner classes are recreational. I'm separating recreational from competitive purposely, because I think we all can realize that the competitive classes demand a higher level of attention than some of your recreational classes. So aside from actually teaching the class, I lesson plan for each of the classes. I do that on a weekly basis. I write and develop the curricula for those classes before the year commences. And obviously once they're done, you can go back and edit and tweak them. I also evaluate teachers and students so that I know which students are progressing at the pace expected, who's a little bit behind, who's doing really, really well, and we need to make sure we keep an eye on them to make sure they're getting what they need. And finally, progress report preparation and putting the report together and making contact with that parent. So they have needs, just like all of your students would expect to be getting great service from you. But your recreational classes, you're really trying to get them to fall in love with dance. So having a great teacher that is compatible with the age group they're teaching is really important. So let's move over to the next category, which is going to be your competitive classes. Now, as I mentioned, these students probably have more specific needs as they are progressing levels. They might be attending feshes, and there's a lot more that comes along with that. So first, you'll be teaching these classes or managing the person that is teaching these classes. You will be doing the choreography or hiring an external workshop teacher to manage that choreography. You'll be doing the coaching and polishing of their dances. You might be tracking results at feshes. You will be developing and creating training plans. You'll be assisting with fesh registrations. You might be in charge of making the invitations and setting the qualifications for major championships, managing the entries that go along with that. Your competitive students most likely need costumes. You will be managing the costume order, the costume system that you have or choose to put in place. And again, making sure that you are managing every dancer's progress and making sure that's well communicated with the dancer and their family. As we know, your competitive classes are a great way to get students involved in multiple classes. But along with that, you have the responsibility of providing great service and making sure that they always have what they need. The seventh category that I wrote for you is student retention. And retention is the students that you're keeping from year to year. Obviously, we always endeavor to keep all of our students, but Reality is that that's not going to happen despite running a great program. So what you want to do is you want to make sure that your retention rate is as high as possible and making sure that no one slips through the cracks. So 
Something that you can consider doing are following up with people, making sure you have a system for reaching out to students that haven't re-enrolled, creating events and fun activities for dancers to enjoy while they're part of your program so that they have something to look forward to returning to. Maybe you have a referral system or referral rewards, bring a friend, those types of things to encourage people to spread word of mouth, spread positive reviews of your business. Um, I have a prize wheel that we use for this that works out really well. And something else you wanna do is recognize your loyal customers. Maybe you surprise them with something on their, you know, third anniversary or something that gives them a perk and something that makes them feel special and valued because I have read and worked with a stat before that it costs seven times more to get a new student in the door than it does for you to keep the students that you already have. So while it might be a little bit of investment to surprise somebody or treat them for being a loyal customer, it's well worth it in the long run and you'll make their day. The next category that I have, I entitled outreach. And this might look like organizing performances, whether it's your recital or different events that you run with your studio. It also might look at your St. Patrick's Day performances or the performances that you have throughout the year. It might be working with local events or working with local businesses, creating partnerships with them. And it might be creating and leveraging promotional opportunities, whatever those look like for you. Obviously, performances are a great way to get your students out there, your studio's name out there. And there's a not a right and a wrong way to go about performances, but there is a way to get results and there's a way to get exposure. And there's a big difference between the two. So under this category, I would also probably put managing the promotion or offer around your events and performance related activities. I'm sure we could have an entire podcast related just to recital, but obviously that is a point in the year where you're doing a lot of extra choreography, logistics around ticketing and selling tickets and promoting the event and executing a, an enjoyable and memorable show for your families. So maybe in the future we'll do an episode just on recitals. The final category that I have for you today, I've just entitled miscellaneous. Lame, I know, but they don't seem to fit anywhere else very neatly. So the first one I have is managing the different systems that you use, whether that's software or processes that you need to document and share with your team or even just for yourself. So for me, that looks like creating different signup genius forms, using Google Forms, Google Sheets, Excel, creating emails, managing my systems database to keep it all straight. I also manage my own website. I do all the editing, additions, and all of the tech stuff behind it. I know some people don't like to do that or they're just not into that whole technology thing. It's too much. So you can always outsource that, but at the end of the day, you should always own your own domain and you should always have the authority to access your own content. And the other thing is just doing errands. You'd be surprised how much time every week I spend 
going to the bank, having things printed, having things copied, picking up supplies, and don't underestimate the amount of time that that takes. So that's going to do it for the bulk of the content of this episode. I would love for you to jump in the Facebook group and share what your most challenging category that I've talked through is. Maybe we can share resources or we can share ideas that are working for us or ways to work around the challenges that they present. So make sure you get in the Facebook group. The other thing I would love is if you're listening to this on the podcast app or Stitcher or wherever you like to listen, go ahead and share it on your Instagram story and tag me. My handle is at Courtney J underscore TCRG And I would love to just get our listenership through the roof. It's already awesome to see how many people are listening and downloading and subscribing. And it's making it really, really fun for me to work on these for you. So if I can give you some valuable content, I would love to see you guys share it as just a little thank you. So go ahead and catch up with me in real life on Facebook or Instagram, and we will see you next week on the TCRG to CEO radio show. Have a great one.